0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 437, comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, December the 21st. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 437, where we take a look at some of the selected reviews from the week of Wednesday, December the 21st. I am your host, Adam Chapman. Uh, this will be our last reviews episode of 2016. Uh, unfortunately, it will be a very short episode, as I'm only looking at three uh, comics that came out last week. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man twenty, sorry twenty-two, Avengers 2.1, and Batman 13. But first, uh, there's a lot of books that actually came out last week. Uh, I'm not going to have a chance, obviously, to talk about them, as I didn't have a chance to read most of them, because it was. Christmas week, uh, but some of those releases included Aquaman, Cyborg, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, um, Justice League, Justice League Suicide Squad number one, Nightwing, uh, Superman, Trinity, uh, Cage, uh, Captain America Sam Wilson, Doctor Strange, Gamora, Gwen Pool, Midswire Man number two, Occupy Avengers number two, Punisher, Silver Surfer, Solo, Spider Gwen, Squadron Supreme, Star Wars Dr. Afra, uh, Star Lord, Uh, first issue actually Thanos, Ultimates 2, Uncanny X-Men and Venom so let's talk about Amazing Spider-Man. Um, this was kind of going to kind of be a big one for me. I mean, going into it, I knew that I wasn't necessarily a big fan of what had happened in Clone Conspiracy No. 3, so I knew a lot of my future enjoyment of the storyline was going to hinge a lot on this particular issue. It highlights some issues I've had with Amazing Spider-Man for the last few months, because um, it really is just a tie-in book, which is fine, but if you you can't just read Amazing Spider-Man. And it bugs me a little, because it's not even like... You know, it's telling a different story, but it's not telling the main story. It's basically just the, the fill in the gaps. It's just explaining the, you know, between the panels to explain the big reveals at the end of each issue, for the most part, of Clone Conspiracy. And that kind of bugs me because it just kind of ruins any momentum the Amazing Spider Man as a title has and makes it not function at all as a standalone. So if I ever, you know, in a couple of years, you know, pick up my trade from the Clone Conspiracy, uh, it won't work. It just, it, it would be a very, shallow story because uh, I'm not really getting a story I'm getting a snippet of a of a flashback or explaining something that happened in another story entirely and it's just it's the flagship spider-man book I just don't feel like you needed uh, a separate miniseries anyways that's just me griping against the publication um, reasons or publishing reasons I should say um, now as for this issue itself it does endeavor to try a story it falls into the same pitfalls as the last you know, a few issues in that it's just kind of explaining something, uh, just kind of giving you info dumps to try and explain why and how Ben Riley came to be the way he is now. To be honest, I didn't like it. Um, th- they definitely explain stuff, they explain why the voice didn't throw anyone off, uh, they explain how Ben is back. Because uh, the jackal, you know, kind of was using uh, to the what would become the new U technology, and was definitely wearing red at that this point. Um, and then I guess Ben Riley has just been through so much that he's been to the point where he's kind of snapped and starts taking on the role of the jackal. Uh, it explains things, yet at the same time doesn't. Um, it tries to I guess the problem for me is that the whole point of Ben Riley originally as a character is that he was he was a guy who'd been through the dark stuff. Like he had been questioning his identity and his sense of self because of him being a clone he went on the road to find himself he kind of did uh he ended up still and i actually i, I just listened to a conversation with a uh, word on word balloon with um danny fingeroth who's actually been on this show a couple times and they were talking about ben riley and the essence of it and he's kind of this interesting character that had been pushed into dark areas but somehow it retained his optimism it had uh, retained his light um, and I, and I, that really hit me hard because that made me realize what my problem was here is that you take this character who was meant at the, in the nineties, Peter Parker gone some dark roads and it started kind of, becoming a darker character. So their way of kind of bringing this back was they brought in Ben Riley and this character who didn't have the same type of attachments and hadn't been through the same amount of crap uh, that had really pushed Peter to the breaking point and kind of showed this lighter character. And when he became Spider-Man, there was a sense of fun and adventure to the book. Um, That's the Ben Riley I kind of connect with. Um, this Ben Riley is a guy who's kind of had that beaten out of him. Um, having to die and die and die and remembering all these deaths has pushed the character to a breaking point, and t- to me, somewhat has broken what was so enticing about the Ben Riley character to begin with. Um, I mean, this, this this story is what it is. Um, it's not necessarily bad. It's not necessarily you know great either. It's just kind of there. Uh, it tells a story. It, gives context. Do I think it maybe services the character correctly? Personally, I don't agree. Um, But, I mean, the issue reads well. Uh, The artwork camo or uh, Giuseppe Camigoli. Uh for the most part, it's pretty strong. It's when he's aping kind of classic Marvel stuff where sometimes it falls off. Like, he does this great kind of send up of uh, the classic cover with Mysterio and Spider-Man, which really works. Um, his send up of uh, John Romita Jr.'s uh, take of Ben Riley on the road doesn't quite work. His Scarlet Spider kicking someone in the face looks really juvenile. and just doesn't quite fi- fit with the Giuseppe's general vibe. Um... There's like an awkward kind of spot of, you know, uh, Ben Riley as Spider-Man, which is really just the cover of uh, sensational Spider-Man number zero. So I like the art for the most part, but it's when he's kind of aping these classic moments or artists that I thought it kind of dropped the ball a little or just didn't quite work for me as well. Uh, So I'm going to end up giving that a 6 out of 10. Uh, Next up is Avengers 2.1. Um... I don't know if we needed to get this story. To be honest, uh, I feel like we've had stories that have been very similar. That being said, I am enjoying it. Um, it just didn't feel like it is necess- well didn't feel like it was a necessary story to have uh, you know, on the publishing schedule. Uh, it's written by Barry uh, sorry uh, Mark Wade though, who is one of my favorite writers. Uh, the art is by Barry Kitson, who is absolutely fantastic. Um, so uh, there's no real problems on the creative team front, and I do have to give credit to Mark Wade to really making it work and um, you know, Having it told from Quicksilver's perspective, most of it was actually really interesting. Um, and also the art was really gorgeous as well. As much as I don't necessarily think that this is a necessary story to have had told, I think it does have a unique perspective of the Cookie Quartet and almost more ground level than some other instances have been, really showing what it was like for Cap to be functioning with like this team. Uh, I, I overall I did enjoy it I thought the art was great, the story was great uh, as much as I may have wondered why they have kind of created this story uh, I have to say that the creative team is top notch and Barry Kitson remains as fantastic as always um, so, that, so his art is just breathtaking just the level of detail and how great it looks, it really jumps off the page and last but not least is the next chapter of I Am Suicide and Batman. This is issue 13. Um, this is by Tom King with artwork by Mikkel um, um both pencils and inks. And this is where we get a better sense of, first of all, we got a kind of a weird cameo by. Um, uh, uh Amanda Waller which kind of ties into you know what's happening in the new Justice League vs. Suicide Squad which I haven't actually read yet but has a bit of a tie in here really what this is more about is you know Bane really kind of giving it to Batman and uh you know trying to take him apart and Batman being like I want to break your damn back and Bane's not ha- you know, necessarily the happiest person about this. And anyways, what it all comes down to is Wesker, um, the ventriloquist, is the big ace in the hole against Bane. Uh, sorry, not Bane, uh, the Psycho Pirate. And here we really see that. First of all, Catwoman breaks Bane's back, which is kind of brutal. But seeing how the ventriloquist takes on uh, Psycho Pirate is awesome. Uh, his hand kind of becomes... Um, I forget what it's even called. Was it Scarface or whatever it's supposed to be? And he basically is able to take him out uh, because he's so messed up that Psychopower can't control his emotions and then Bronze Tiger takes out uh, Ventriloquist. Uh, very interesting stuff, very cool stuff. interesting to see how this group is operating and seeing how or what uh, Bane is going to be like when we get to see him again based on how he ends his book. He's definitely pissed off. Uh, So that's everything I had a chance to read. I'm going to give that a a solid 7 out of 10. Uh, Next up is uh, just saying some of the books coming up next week. Um, Some of the highlights coming out on... And by next week, I mean, has already passed on the 28th of December. Some of the highlights include new issues of Action Comics... All-Star Batman, Batgirl, Batman Beyond, Blue Beetle, Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, Deathstroke, Detective Comics Flash, Future Quest, Hellblazer, uh, Rom, Black Panther, Black Widow, Carnage, Civil War 2, it's the big ending finally, the launch of the new issue of Hulk, Infamous Iron Man, Mighty Thor, Prowler, Rocket Raccoon, Spider-Man, Star Wars, Thunderbolts, Uncanny Avengers, and Uncanny Inhumans. That's all for this episode. Uh, you can email me at comicshanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks for listening all year for the Comic Reviews episode of Comic Shenanigans, and we'll be back next week with our releases from the week of December 28th. Um, Our next episode should be an exciting one. Uh, Hopefully we'll be coming up on New Year's Eve if, uh, if all goes well and uh, we should be back with great episodes in G- January including conversations with Mark Buckingham uh, we're working on getting Paddle Leaf back on the show we're going to have another conversation with Howard Mackey so a lot of really interesting stuff coming down the pike we're also going to hopefully have our spotlight on Age of Apocalypse coming soon so that's another thing to look forward to that might be spread over a couple episodes uh, there's also we're going to have movie review episodes in I think March and February so that's another few good things to look forward to Uh, thanks again for joining me for this episode and uh, as you may uh, may have heard, my son got to join us for the tail end of this episode so thanks again for joining us we'll catch you next time, bye bye